From Astoria to the Rockaways, it's time for the Queen's New Yorker. And here is the man giving you all the info, your uber snazzy and jazzy host, Mr. Jason DeCanio! Thank you, Jason Kelly. Hey, oh, oh. Ah, thank you. Ah. Oh, you're too kind. My Saturday group is here and back. <laughs> thank you. Lady in the front row, she's a very regular woman here, yes. And another cordial welcome to all of you. And we are happy that you're with us here to join us for another edition of the Queen's New Yorker on this Saturday, October 17th, 2020. It is episode 134, part three of our, of course, the series of bridges and tunnels. But part three for this specific bridge that we've been talking about for the past couple of episodes, the Triborough Bridge. Yes. Oh, yeah. Having a lot of fun with this one. Mm. Oh, yeah. So I've noticed that there are a lot of people out there who have been taking a very good interest in the show on the Facebook groups. Thank you for your great participation and your great interest in, of course, great history that we have for you here. And it's all great because of the fact that without it, well, you wouldn't have these bridges. You wouldn't have these tunnels. Without anything that we're talking about here on this particular channel, this show is the reason behind it, okay? And if you would like to subscribe to this show, if you would like to donate to this show, there are three ways you can do it. You can go to, of course, anchor.com. FM slash the Queens New Yorker slash support. When you go to that support page, there are three tiers you can support. 99 cents a month, 4.99 and 9.99 a month. And those are the three you can you can do for it. All right? And that helps give um, the money that we get from our listeners as far as that's concerned bumps out to more great episodes right here on Anchor and Spotify and Apple Podcast, And, of course, we're on eight platforms. So if you happen not just to be on Anchor and listening, but on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your music or your podcasts, please give us uh, great support as you are. And if you'd like to make a financial contribution and you feel that you need to, do so. And we thank you very much for that as well. Okay? So let's continue on our series of the Triborough Bridge. This is part three. We're going to be looking at, and we're still in the history part. We're getting close to the opening. But we're going to see what we do here under significant progress. So in February of 1935, while the feud between Moses and Ike's was going on, 
The TBA awarded a contract to build supporting piers for the Harlem River lift structure in Manhattan, or to Manhattan, and despite an impending lack of funds due to the dispute between Moses and Ikes, the TBA announced its intent to open bids for bridge steelwork. By March, the suspension towers for the East River span to Queens were nearing completion, as only the tops of the towers remain outstanding. The support piers on Randall's and Ward's Islands had progressed substantially. Now, after the Moses-Ikes dispute had subsided, the TBA started advertising for bids to build the steel roadways of the Randall's and Ward's Islands viaducts, as well as the East River suspension uh, span. So less than a week afterward, the first temporary wires were strung between the two towers of the suspension span, marking the future locations of that span's main cables. A contract for the Harlem River Lift Span's steel superstructure was awarded that May, followed by a contract for the Bronx Kill Trust Span's structure the following month. The spinning of the main span suspension cables was finished in July of 1935, and by that time, half of the $41 million federal grant had been spent on construction, and the bridge was expected to open the following year. The projected completion of the Triborough Bridge in July of 1936 was expected to relieve traffic on highways in the New York City area, and with the upcoming 1939 New York World's Fair being held in Queens, it would also provide a new fast route to the fairground at Flushing Meadows Corona Park. By October of 1935, the Queens approach and the Randalls and Wards Islands viaduct was nearly complete. Vertical suspender cables had been hung from the main cables of the Queen's suspension span, and the steel slabs to support, support the span's roadway deck were being erected. However, progress on the Bronx and Manhattan spans had not progressed as much. The concrete piers supporting Bronx span were being constructed, and the site of the Manhattan span was marked only by its foundations. The deck of the Queen's suspension span was completed the following month. In November of 1935, a contrary or a controversy emerged over the fact that the Triborough Bridge would use steel imported from Nazi Germany rather than American producers. And although American steel producers objected to the contract, the PWA approved of it anyway because the German steel contract was cheaper than any of the bids presented by American producers. Moses also approved of the decision because it would save money. However, LaGuardia blocked the deal, writing that the only commodity we can get from Hitlerland Germany is hatred, and we don't want any in our country. Shortly afterward, imported materials were banned for use on any PWA projects. By February of 1936, the TBA had awarded contracts for paving the Bronx Kill and East River spans as well as for constructing several administrative buildings for the TBA near the bridge. Moses wanted to speed up construction on the Triborough Bridge so that it would meet a deadline of July 11th of 1936, but he objected to an order that Ikes made in March of the same year decentralizing control of PWA resident engineers who would report to state PWA bosses instead of directly to the PWA's main office in Washington, D.C., Moses believed that the PWA boss for New York, Arthur S. Tuttle, was indecisive. So in return, Ikes assured Moses of Tuttle's full cooperation. 
Moses also appealed to Ike's to increase the construction workers' work weeks from 30 to 40 hours so the bridge would be able to open on time, but was initially rejected. A 40-hour work week was approved in June of 36, one month before the bridge's projected opening. The 300 by 84-foot superstructure of the Harlem River lift span was assembled in Weehawken, New Jersey. Wow, what a name. It was floated northward to the Triborough Bridge site in April of 1936. And early the next month, the 200-ton main lift span was hoisted into place above the Harlem River in a process that took 16 minutes. In addition, the city gave the New York City Omnibus Corporation a temporary permit to operate bus routes on the Triborough Bridge, connecting the bus stops on each of the bridge's ends during the summer months. A byproduct of the Triborough Project was the creation of parks and playgrounds in the lands underneath the bridges and approaches. The largest of these parks was Randall's Island Park, located on Wards and Randall's Islands. The park on Randall's Island was approved in February of 1935 and included the construction of Olympic-sized running track called Downing Stadium. Work on which began in summer of 1935. Smaller parks were also built in Astoria and Manhattan. Now, by May of 1936, the opening ceremonies for both the Triborough Bridge and the Downing Stadium were scheduled for July 11th. The dedication was scheduled to occur on the Manhattan lift span. And due to the previous conflicts between President Roosevelt and Robert Moses, the attendance of the former was not certain until two weeks before the ceremony. PWA Administrator Ike's attendance was only finalized four days beforehand. The completed structure described by the New York Times as a Y-shaped sky highway was dedicated on July 11th of 1936 along with the Downing Stadium. The ceremony for the Triborough Bridge was held at the Interchange Plaza and was attended by President Roosevelt, Mayor LaGuardia, Governor Lehman, PWA Administrator Ikes, and Postmaster General James A. Farley, who they all gave speeches. Robert Moses acted as the Master of Ceremonies. The ceremonies were broadcast via a national radio connection. A parade was also held on 125th Street in Manhattan to celebrate the bridge's opening. And the Triborough Bridge opened to the general public at 1.30 p.m., and by that midnight, an estimated 200,000 people had visited the bridge via car, bus, or foot. The next day, 40,000 vehicles used the bridge on its first full day of service. July 13th was the first weekday that the bridge was in service, and it saw about 1,000 vehicles an hour. In the first month of service, the TBA recorded an average bridge usage of 31,000 vehicles per day. The American Institute of Steel Construction later declared the Triborough Bridge to be the most beautiful steel bridge constructed in 1936. The ferry between Yorkville, Manhattan, and Astoria, Queens was made redundant by the new Triborough Bridge. Upon the bridge's opening, Moses unsuccessfully attempted to destroy the ferry house before being stopped by LaGuardia. The city had closed the ferry by the end of July. Traffic on the Queensboro Bridge, the only other vehicle bridge that connected Manhattan and Queens, declined after the Triborough Bridge opened. The Triborough Bridge, the largest PWA project in the eastern United States, cost $60 million. That was equivalent to $1 billion in 2019, according to final TBA figures. Based on 
expenditures, though PWA had originally estimated the bridge's cost to be as high as $64 million. In either case, the Triborough Bridge was one of the largest public works projects of the Great Depression, more expensive than the Hoover Dam. Of this, $16 million came from the city and $9 million directly from the PWA. The latter also purchased $35 million worth of TBA bonds, which were eventually bought back and resold to the public. The PWA had finished giving out the $35 million loan by February of 1937, and the Reconstruction Finance Corporation had sold the last of the TBA's funds that July. So additional funding came from toll collection. The toll was initially set at $0.25 per passenger car, with lower rates for motorcycles and higher rates for commercial vehicles. In the first year of the bridge's operation, it generated $2.72 million. That's the equivalent to $48.37 million in 2019 uh, money. Then it was collected from 9.65 million vehicles. When the bridge opened, none of the spans had direct connections to the greater system of highways in New York City. So in Queens, the Grand Central Parkway extension to the Triborough Bridge was nearly completed at the time of the bridge's opening. The Manhattan span was planned to connect to the East River Drive, now the FDR Drive, the first segments of which they were still under construction. The second or the second section of the East River Drive from the bridge south to 92nd Street opened that October. The Bronx span ended in local traffic at the no longer extant intersection of 135th Street and Cypress Avenue. The first of two approach highways in the Bronx was approved late in 1936, and it connected to the West Bronx. Following the present route of the Major Deegan, northwest to the intersection of 138th Street and Grand Concourse, were there were where there were flyover ramps connecting to the Grand Concourse, another approach highway in the Bronx, the present Bruckner Boulevard, was approved in 1938. And this highway was built on the site of Whitlock Avenue, extending northeast through the South Bronx from the bridge to the Bronx River, where it followed Eastern Boulevard eastward to what is now the Bruckner Interchange. Both Bronx approaches, roads, were completed quickly in preparation for the 1939 New York World's Fair, which was held in Queens. And the first segment of the West Bronx Approach Highway to the Grand Concourse was opened in April of 1939 in time for the fair. The West Bronx Highway later became part of the Major Deegan, an interstate standard highway that reached to the New York State Thruway at the New York City border. Now, originally, there was no direct access from the Queenspan to Ward's Island, but in November of 1937, Moses announced the construction of a ramp from the Queenspan that would lead down to the island. The next year, a lawsuit was filed by two Ward's Island's landowners who alleged that the Triborough Bridge had been built on portions of their land. They each received nominal damages of $1. Wow. The Triborough Bridge Authority was headquartered in an administrative building adjacent to the Manhattan Spans Toll Plaza, where by 1940, it controlled the operation of all toll bridges located entirely within New York City. An additional bridge between the Bronx and Queens, the Bronx-Whitestone Bridge, 
was opened in 1939 of April of that same month. However, the Triborough Bridge did not see any initial decline in traffic, likely because boat spans were heavily used during the World's Fair. Soon after, vehicle rationing caused by the onset of World War II resulted in a decline in traffic at crossings operated by the TBA, including the Triborough Bridge. Still, by 1940, the Triborough Bridge was the most profitable crossing operated by the TBA. And the TBA became the Triborough Bridge and Tunnel Authority in 1946 after it took over the construction of the Queens Midtown Tunnel and Brooklyn Battery Tunnel, though the TBTA operations continued to be managed from the Triborough Bridge. Years after the Triborough Bridge's opening, Moses continued expanding the system of highways in the New York City area, including arteries that led to the Triborough Bridge. Construction of the Brooklyn-Queens Expressway in Queens between the Grand Central Parkway Interchange, just east of the Triborough Bridge, and the Kosciuszko Bridge at the Brooklyn border was underway by the late 1940s. In addition, Moses wanted to build an elevated expressway atop Bruckner Boulevard. But in 1956, the New York City Planning Commission approved the upgrade of Bruckner Boulevard between the Triborough Bridge and the Bruckner Interchange, to a grade-separated expressway as part of the interstate highway system. The entire Bruckner Expressway, except for the Bruckner Interchange, opened in 1962, while the entire Brooklyn-Queens Expressway was completed in 1964. Both segments became part of I-278, as did the Queens and Bronx spans of the Triborough Bridge. And we will stop there because Part 4 takes us to the later history and the conclusion of the Triborough Bridge right here on the Queens, New Yorker. Yes. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, nice. Thank you. I get the feeling, folks, that this bridge is going to become a, a, a staple in bridges after its completion. Because after this, we go to the Bronx-Whitestone Bridge, and that is the next bridge on the Harlem River, or the East River, as we get keep on going here. Um, as you know, yeah, we'll look at um, the Bronx-Whitestone and um, conclude the East River with the Throg's Neck. And then we go to the Harlem River section of the city and look at the bridges over there. And hopefully they've got some pretty good history. So we've got a lot more to cover with bridges. And then we go to tunnels. And then, well, sky's the limit because we will continue to go where we're needed. And that's the important thing that we have to take into consideration. Well, folks... Hope you had a great time with us here. Hope you enjoy the rest of the weekend because on Tuesday we conclude with part four of the Triborough Bridge, the conclusion. We'll look at the later history and we'll talk about the Bronx Whitestone Bridge and give you a little preview of that as well. All of this coming up and much more on episode number 135 coming up on the Queens New Yorker right here on Mixcloud 
and of course all the eight platforms that uh, you have seen before. So <laughs> I hope you have a great rest of the weekend. We'll see you on Tuesday. I'm Jason Ecanio saying be honest, be real, keep it simple, stupid. And if you'd like to make a financial pledge to the Queens New Yorker, we'll put the links in the description below. Have a great day. We'll see you on Tuesday. Bye-bye. You have been watching The Queen's New Yorker. This is Jason Kelly on a Jason DeCanio internet presentation. Thank you for your support. Thank you.